Hello and welcome to Mud Season, a podcast that cuts through the mud. Brought to you by the Center of Research on Vermont. We help bring a spotlight to research that provides original knowledge to the world and adds to the understanding of Vermont's social, economic, cultural, and physical environment. Today we are speaking with special guest, Eben Bayer, founder and CEO of Evocative. Evocative is a revolutionary new biomaterials company that utilizes strong and 100% sustainable mycelium mushrooms. They create waste-free packaging that really works. You can learn more about their biofabrication process at evocativedesign.com. So thanks for tuning in. This is Peter Karp with the Center of Research for Vermont. Today we're talking to Evan Bayer. Welcome. Hey. Uh, so to jump right in, uh, I wanted to ask you, what initially inspired your interest in fungi and the application of mycelium in general? So I grew up farming in Vermont uh, on a small four-season farm. We had pigs, we had chickens, uh, but the big thing we did every year was we made maple syrup. Uh, we had about 3,500 trees we'd tapped, uh, and we'd go up and drill holes in all the trees, connect the lines, and collect the sap. Uh, once you have the sap, it takes about 38 gallons of sap to make a gallon of maple syrup, which requires a ton of thermal energy to essentially boil that water away. Uh, and I used to be in charge of shoveling wood chips, uh, first with a shovel and then with a tractor bucket, into our gasifier, uh, which would burn the wood chips and boil the sap. Uh, and that's where I used to see a lot of fungi growing up. I'd see mushrooms and mycelium, the root structure of mushrooms, growing through the wood chips, kind of binding them together, making them into clumps. I kind of thought they were a pain in the ass at the time, but they ended up being a pretty cool natural technology that we've been able to leverage at Ecovative to make all sorts of products, from apparel to performance foams for sneakers to packaging to building materials, um, even things like leather. Awesome. So what solutions to environmental issues does engaging and utilizing mycelium propose, and why do these solutions need to be more present present, uh, and commonly understood? So we live in an exciting time, uh, and folks say, you know, we live in interesting times, uh, but the world's under a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, we've had more people living on planet earth than ever, and it's happened really rapidly. Uh, and at the same time, this trend of, uh, industrialization, uh, continues to occur, occur across the globe. Uh, and this is important because there are a lot of people who are living in poverty. Billions of people still don't have access to the, the simple necessities of life. Um, but it's coming at a tremendous cost to our planet. And you're seeing that cost in the form of plastic pollution, plastics finding their way into the oceans. Um, you're finding that in the form of emissions, CO2 and other greenhouse gases, creating a force and function for our planet. Um, and so we really are in the red zone of the carrying capacity of planet Earth. And what that demands is new solutions. And some of these have to be social. People have to be willing to change their behaviors, maybe do more with less. Um, but on the other hand, we are standing on a planet that is full of some of the most beautiful technology ever envisioned, and that's nature. And I believe by looking to nature and utilizing things like mycelium, we can create better products that perform like things you're used to using made out of plastic, uh, but that come without the horrific end of life or environmental consequences. And that's how mycelium is a very powerful contributor to the solution because you can use mycelium to grow things like packaging that would normally be made out of styrofoam. This material might normally last 5,000 years in the ocean. If you make it or grow it yourself out of mycelium, that actually breaks down and turns into something like fish food. And across industrial applications, from packaging to building materials, even to things like consumer goods, furniture you might have in your home, you can actually grow materials 
that function really nicely, that are beautiful, that, that can be cost competitive, but won't have this tremendous environmental consequence. And a lot of these materials can actually be grown locally. So the world relies on global supply chains and they're really powerful. Uh, but I think one of the next mega trends in the coming years is going to be a return to local distributed production. And biology, just like small crop farming, really lends itself to local distributed production. Well said. So I wanted to ask you, do you believe that ecologically conscious production of goods is one gateway to inspire a more environmentally conscious world? I think we are in a situation, given the pressures facing planet Earth, where an all of the above approach is definitely necessary. Um, and I really think that means uh, making choices in your daily life, choosing to bike, uh, choosing to ca uh, carpool if you can, choosing what you eat. You know, your, what you eat is one of the biggest choices you can make about your carbon footprint. Uh, and I also think that creating products that are uh, ecologically responsible or even improve the earth when they return to your garden is a critical part of the equation. But uh, I do want to stress as a technologist, like my goal, I like to make things. I like to build things. I think we can replace a lot of the toxic plastics with biological alternatives. Even doing all of that isn't enough. You know, we need to come at this problem from every angle. But I do, I do think that uh, creating these products is important both to inspire people, but actually to create impact as well. Uh, and for those folks who, who want to try this at home, we actually have grow-it-yourself kits where you can, you can grow your own mycelium objects. Awesome. And so coming back to something you said about pollution, I wanted to ask you, how do you see the applications of fungi restructuring industries like packaging that create waste and pollute the earth? So when you have a new technology like mycelium, which allows you to, to grow materials, uh, you have two challenges. One, you have lots of technical problems to overcome. Can you make the product perform well enough? Can you make it look good enough? Can you turn it into something that the customer, whether it's the person opening the box or the person specifying the packaging, really loves? Um, and that's something Ecovative's done with our packaging solution. But in the world, uh, most of the world runs on business or capitalism. And so the other half of the equation is figuring out how you scale an innovation like that around the world. Uh, and that's what we're doing right now with Mycelium. And packaging is an interesting market because uh, while there are mega users of packaging that use tons of styrofoam coolers, say, at a single site, um, there are lots of users of pa packaging that are local. Lots of small growing brands that need 10,000 or 100,000 pieces of packaging in Burlington, Vermont. And because you can grow these materials on a small scale and relatively economically, uh, it kind of lends itself to a distributed manufacturing model. And that's the model for our packaging business that we're now pursuing, seeing if we can enable lots of small producers uh, around the United States and also around the world to grow these materials. Uh, and we just signed up two licensees in Europe uh, to test this, uh, Crone Design, uh, based in the Netherlands, uh, as well as CNC, which is our exclusive provider of raw materials in Europe. Excellent. And so I wanted to ask you, one American mycologist, Paul Stamets, talks about redesigning the ecological footprint of cardboard boxes to be greatly positive. Although his delivery system, Lifebox, is quite a bit different from biofabricated furniture, do you believe this is an important principle in the future of renewably generated products like furniture, insulation, packaging, and et cetera? So I think Paul's vision behind the Lifebox is beautiful, um, which is, you know, let's implant a box with seeds. When you get it, you can plant it and you can regenerate an old growth forest. Um, it's really a beautiful vision. Uh, one of the challenges I think they've run into is this question of how do you marry a really cool technological innovation with a business model? Uh, and that is where I think a lot of the innovation in this sector still needs to come from. 
Um, I do think things like that are really important, but again, um, they're one step of many that we need to do to change our whole supply chain. You know, maybe we should be asking, why do we even need to have cardboard boxes coming to our house? You know, why are we even buying <laughs> this incredible amount of consumption, which requires so much packaging? You know, so it's I think it's important to make solutions and interventions along the supply chain we already have, but also think radically about how we might completely change uh, how we acquire or use objects. And so to get a little bit more uh, detailed and in depth, I wanted to ask you, I'm interested in what strains of fungi you utilize in the biofabrication of your products and how you've come to choose these kinds of fungi for this application. So one of the funnest parts of my job early on uh, was hiking around the forests of Vermont um, and looking at promising woody-like mushrooms on trees, um, pulling them off the tree, bringing them back to our crappy little lab, culturing the strain, and then seeing what its material properties were like. And so we would literally take a little sample of it, like you're cloning a plant, you know, taking a cutting, and we'd grow that up in the lab, and we'd grow it out, and we'd test it for all different sorts of properties. How fast does it grow? What is it like to eat? Can it fight off contaminants? Uh, how strong is it? Um, and we tested about 400, 500 different strains of um, mycelium uh, from all around the Northeast. Um, we've selected one we use predominantly, uh, which is the Ganoderma variant, um, commonly used uh, in medicinal usages um, for thousands of years. But it happens to be a fast-growing, um, very structural mushroom that's resistant to contamination. Um, one of the things I'm really excited about is we're starting to now go into our stra strain library. Now we have a, a stable process in production uh, group, and we're trying. We're going back and looking at some of these other strains we collected because each strain is like a different animal. You know, it has different properties. It produces different mycelium. It has a uh, different feel to it um, or different characteristics. And so I'm really excited to try some of these other strains. Quite interesting. And so just to wrap up, I wanted to ask you, why do you think mycelium is the answer? And why is, the, why is fungi the future? Uh, why do people need to take to these ideas and understand them more greatly? Cool. Uh, so first of all, fungi have been, it was, has been like a forgotten kingdom. You know, it's uh, one of the primary kingdoms on planet Earth, but uh, until you know a couple of years ago, people often learned about fungi as plants in school. And so fungi represent, I think, one of the least tapped areas of the biological kingdoms, which are um, rich with technology that we can use to improve how we live on planet Earth. Um, it also represents, I think, one of the most powerful vectors in biotechnology. Uh, most bioprocesses today use small single-celled organisms and liquid vats to make small compounds. Mycelium actually assembles those small compounds into macro-sized objects. What does this mean in practice? It means rather than making the chemicals you could then use to somehow uh, extrude a chair, um, you can grow a chair full-sized in one go using mycelium. Uh, and the last reason I think it's really important, beyond all the environmental benefits we discussed today, uh, is this a te is a technology you can actually do in your kitchen. Uh, you can go to our website, you can get some inoculation stuff. Uh, you can get a bag of dehydrated material you just add water to, and you can create your own mycelium object. You can mix in your own substrate from your neighborhood if you want to see if your local raw material will work. And maybe you'll create a really great product, or maybe it'll be the entree that gets you really excited about your own innovation in biology. And so for all those reasons, I think it's an important starting place and an important vector for how we might change the world. That's all the time we have. Thank you very much, Evan, for joining us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Mud Season, presented by the Center of Research on Vermont. If you're studying Vermont, either as a profession or a hobby, consider applying for membership to the Center of Research on Vermont. It costs nothing and will keep you up to date with the latest Vermont news and research, as well as future podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under username CRVT underscore. 
This has been Mud Season, and we'll see you next time.